Whiz Kids had won it. Bobby Thompson had done it. Well, good evening. Yogi read the comics all the way. Coach Ron Quintero with you here tonight Rock on the All-Star Home Run Derby. Dave and Jeff scorn. off so today. The corner, the Probably up having a couple of soda pops, if you know what I mean. So a pleasure to fill in tonight on the podcast. And joining me right now, Poway resident, three-time World Series champion, and a guy who was a great inspiration for me when I was the manager at USIU and even a manager of Snuffy Basketball at the YMCA in Solana Beach. That would be Bruce Bochy. Hello, Boach. Oh, hell, Coach. Good to have you back on the air. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's great to be here. What do you think Dave and Jeff are doing tonight? Oh, those little fuck-offs. What do you think they're doing? They're probably looking at Jenny Finch doing crazy fantasies, fuckers. Yeah, I like how those guys act like they're such ladies' men. The only thing they know about ladies is they don't know any ladies, unlike us. Boach, when you look back at your fantastic career, how much of an inspiration was I? Ah, hell, Coach. You know, I I'd sit there and pick your brain a lot and say, what do you think I should do with Hoffy? Should I pitch him in the fourth? And you'd say, no, throw him in the set in the seventh. And I'd say, no. And then you'd say, throw him in the ninth. And we kind of settled on the ninth. And look at Trevor. He's going to the Hall of Fame. You know, I can't be more proud of Hoffy. But the fuckers ran me right out of San Diego and won three World Series with the Giants. And now things have worked out for me. How have things worked out for you? Well, I, I tell you, I'm one of the rare guys that believes Trevor could have been a Hall of Famer as a shortstop, too. I watched a lot of guys play. You know who he reminded me a little bit of? Chris Gomez during his Tiger days. And I think Chris Gomez is a guy that sooner rather than later is probably going to get a call to the Hall of Fame. When If Alan Trammell's in, I think the next great Tiger shortstop will be Chris Gomez. Gomez couldn't hit for shit. Trevor couldn't hit for shit. That's why he was a closer. Maybe we could have used Gomi as the setup guy. Couldn't disagree with you more right there, Coach. You know, one of the things I remember was how awful you were to Carlos Hernandez. And you would just call him Charlie. I and did. I didn't I didn't I didn't find that necessary at all. I did. I was rooting for Greg Myers the whole fucking time. Greg Myers gonna do shit. Had it though Carlos or whatever I called him at the time. I even told Towers, hey, you gotta trade for for Layritz. He could do a better job than Carlos. How about that big, bald son of a bitch, huh? He's kind of falling on hard times. But, boy, that was a big home run he hit for you. I remember on that game, I wasn't on the air. I think Dave and Jeff had the pleasure of doing one of the rare Padre uh, World Series postgame talk shows. I myself was doing my own show that night. I was in Solana Beach at Chiefs Burgers. But I was kind of in a back booth, and they felt like I was talking too loud. So eventually, one of a guy in a little bit of a tight T-shirt came over. He said, hey, old-timer, bring it down a notch. I'm going to have to show you out the front door. <laughs> How about that? Boach, he was ready to throw me right out of the burger stand. I guess I'd had too many root beers. I was pretty hyped up that night about that Labritte's home run. Well, at least they ran me out of this town and had a lot of success. Again, I'll be in the Hall of Fame. You're the idiot that decided to stay around here and try to make things work. Well, How's I, it working? Well, I like it at Smart and Final. I've been there for a long time now, and one of the things I like is it's always kind of fun when you get that opportunity to stock the Nerf footballs. brings back a lot of memories for me as a kid when I would throw that Nerf football around. And a lot of times, I was a big kid. When I was nine years old, I was 6'4", 271 pounds. And yeah, there were days when it was awkward and I cried. But for the most part, uh, even being that tall, I, I struggled to throw the football more than about 11 or 12 yards on the fly. But I felt like eventually I'd get my chance to be a star, and here it is, hosting the podcast. Look at that. Look where you are right now, hosting the podcast with me right here on a day off as we get ready for the All-Star game tomorrow, home run derby tonight. 
Obviously, no Giants in it. Brandon Crawford can't hit home runs. No one on that team can hit home runs. No. The ball dies right there in San Francisco. This feels like the show I do on 97.3 because we're not going to take any calls. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not like for you throwing out the goddamn phone number. Well, the problem is whoever the fuck designed that station, when it was uh, KSON and they were playing all that shit, Conway Twitty asking chicks to wear tight pants, how come nobody says me too to that fucking guy? Anyways... When it was KSON, the number was 570-1973. I remember it because I would often try to win tickets to Leo's Little Bit of Country in Vista. I never could win. I felt like they knew it was me because they'd say, hey, you're caller eight. And I'd say, well, whoop-de-doo. And then they'd say, hey, go fuck yourself. Take your fist out for dinner. And I didn't like the way they talked to me like that. I felt like as a guy that had made a positive impact in the community, I deserved better, Boach. But... What I was saying was the number was 570-1973. That's an easy number to remember. Now the fucking number, swear to God, it sounds like it's a military number. It sounds like my serial number when I spent a couple of unnecessary nights in juvie when I was a kid because I got busted toilet paper in a couple of coaches' houses. I thought it was fun, but uh, apparently the sheriff didn't think so. So my dad, who I love very much, determined I should stay three nights in juvie. Well, you dumb fuck, you're eight feet tall. You're the easiest guy to point out. It was him. Why don't yeah. you get your head out of your ass? Yeah, you know who fucked me in that deal? Mark Holder. Couldn't throw an interception that night. But you know what I loved about Mark Holder? He was the only guy in high school with a comb over. Where'd you go, What Butch? did you just say? What the hell? What did you just say? You just say Mark Holder had a comb over in, in ninth high grade. School. Yeah, right in high school. We were in eighth grade. And it started to go a little bit. He had a little bit of that Mike Love look without the ability to dance. Aruba, Jamaica. Ooh, I want to take you to Baruba. Or Aruba. Where did Mike Love want to take me? I felt uncomfortable anytime guys wanted to take me in windowless vans. I didn't even know you hung out with uh, with uh, Halda. I thought you hung out with that guy from Philadelphia. We'd go get order of steak and then cut your tie off. Well, <laughs> never made any damn sense to me. Then you'd come out to the ballpark and complain they cut your damn tie. You know, I don't have time for that shit. I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to back go me. You know, a lot of times I would hang out with my baseball cards. One of my favorite ones to drive around town on my bike with was Roberto Clemente. The problem was I hadn't taken a lot of Spanish. So all I could say was, hey, Roberto, do you want to go for a ride on my bike? And the only thing I could say was, see. That's sad as hell. Did you have a basket in front of that bike? No. Do you have a horn? I did have a horn. And every time I hit it, it played La Cucaracha. And I like that song a lot. The problem is I don't know the words. I feel like I should have been better in Spanish because I loved the performance of Lou Diamond Phillips' Richie Valens in La Bamba. Did you know he's a Filipino? He's not I heard a Mexican. That. I already doesn't speak Spanish. He doesn't speak a word of Spanish, but he's pretty goddamn good do as you, a singer. Do you speak Japanese? Because nowadays I got to go to the mound and I got to figure out how to talk to the pitcher in Japanese. Boy, I tell you, all I had when I went to the mound so many different times, I coached out there at Miracosta. I was three times I was a runner-up for ICU Coach of the Year. Got beat by a couple of guys. I guess just because our team was under 500, they held it against me. And because there were a couple of things that were never proven true in the lunchroom. But one of the things when I went out there, I would say, hey, you know what wouldn't hurt us right now? Is maybe if you could throw a goddamn strike. And the kids would say, who are you? You're just here in sweatpants and a long sleeve t-shirt that says VG Donuts on it. 
And I said, don't worry about it. And then eventually I tried to get one more encouraging word in before security took me away. And you never finished over 500. I Well, no, because it was good teams. We had to play a lot of good teams. We had to play Palomar. We had to play Southwestern. And they were bringing all those fuckers in from across the border. They were recruiting these goddamn guys. Holy shit. They told all of them to chase the American dream. Well, those poor fuckers, they thought their American dream was going to be fucking blonde-haired chicks. They didn't know their American dream was going to be hanging out at that shithole Southwestern College. But I'm not bitter. You sound better. No. I had, I had a manager against Derek Jeter. What? Hey, Bernie can, Williams. Bernie Bernie. And the umpire that fucked Mark Langston and all of us. Oh, my God. Richie Garcia. What's it sound like right there? Exactly. God damn it. Should have built a wall and kept Richie Garcia out of here. You guys would have a, a you'd have a fourth ring, Boach. I would. We've never been run out of the first fucking place. <laughs> Boach, when you look back at some of the great players that you played with, Mark Thurmond, Dave Dravecki. How about Dave Dravecki? What a tragedy. American hero. Snapped his arm right off. Man, oh, man. It snapped it like a chicken bone. I hope he's okay. Hey, he's I He's not even... okay. He's not okay at all. He lost his arm. Man, oh, man. Well, Boach, who are you picking tomorrow night in the All-Star game? Ah, who gives a shit? Dave Roberts is the one manager for the National League. I don't think I can sit there and root for him. I'm a National League guy. I've always been a National League guy. Do you think, I'm not managing it. Fuck it. Do you think Ted Williams knew who you were that night at Fenway Park? No. You only recognize Tony Gwynn. You right, don't recognize anybody there. Mark McGuire, Pedro Martinez. All none right. of them. Boach, let's play a little uh, F. Mary Kill. I'm going to give you three names, and I want you to tell me F. Mary Kill who they're going to be, okay? All right. Oh, hell, I'm into this. All right. We're going to play with uh, Susan Anton. So you remember her. Oh, big yeah. Tall statue. drink of water. My goodness. What was she hanging around with that little sack of shit, that British guy? The dumb shit Dudley Moore? Yeah. Is he dead or alive? Dead. Dead. Nobody misses him. Susan Anton. We're going to play with Catherine Bach, and we're going to play with Pam Greer. My goodness. Did the good Lord treat Pam Greer right, didn't he? Oh, yeah. She aged fantastic. My goodness, gorgeous. Who are you marrying? Boy, that's a tough one right there. I tell you what, I think I'm uh, I'm going to go with the marry part first. I'm going to go with the kill part first. All right. Who are you going to marry, Boach? <laughs> I'm going to go with, uh, it's a tough one right there. I'm going to marry Susan Anton. I'm tall. She's tall. She is tall and gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. And talented. I don't even know what the fuck she can do. I don't even know if she speaks English. She doesn't need to speak English. All she, you know what I'd like? I bet she does, Boach. I bet she really, really... Knows how to whip up a nice, cold strawberry Pop-Tart. Ah, hell, I don't know if she knows how to do that. She can do that after we're done. I Whoa. don't care what she does. Susan Anton, I'm marrying. All right. Pam Greer, I'm going to nail in that Catherine Box, batshit crazy. I don't oh, want anything she, to do with her. Yeah, goddamn boat. She probably she probably aged about as well as that your rookie, your catcher's mitt. It sure does. Look like my 82 catcher's mitt. I don't need that shit. 82? I was thinking 62. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been Coach's Corner. I'm the great John Quintero. Don't forget, come on by and see me. I'll be working down at Jerry G. Bishop's Restaurant, Seaport Village, seating you table of three, smoking or non-smoking. Come on down, say hello. Just remember, do me a favor, okay? How about you limit the refills to two? I'm not quite as young as I used to be. Boach, it's good to see you. What are you going to do for the rest of your All-Star break other than try to avoid getting fired? Nah, hell, I'm going to Montana. going to shoot a couple buffalo. All right, well, don't let them run you over. Buffalo's hurt. They do. Never had to worry about it. Making a run second half. We're doing good outside of your stupid Padres. Hey, let me ask you this. Who's the dumbest local reporter you ever had to deal with? That's a tough one, but I got to go with Steve Quiz. Steve Quiz is a bit of a dipshit. John Butler told me he's a dipshit. He couldn't be more right. 
I'll tell you another guy who's a real dumb shit, Tom Krasovic. Big, tall, dumb as he is tall. How many times did he sit there and say, hey, Boach, what happened there? Not only did he say that, but at the same time, every time he'd ask a question, he looked nervous. We only hung out with each other 162 fucking days out of the year. What was he so fucking nervous for? Boy, he's a guy that had a little bit of the sweaty poem. He did. But he's a, he's a fine fella. Buy a fucking comb. Buy a fucking comb. I don't have time to bullshit. Yeah. One thing about San Francisco, everybody comes in ready to go. They look good. What's Bryce short for? What? I don't understand the question. Columnist down here since you left Bryce Miller. But I think Nick, you know, is short for Nicholas. Tom is short for Thomas. Bill is short for William. What the fuck is Bryce short for? I don't know. I don't get time for that shit. I'll ask him when I see him in three days. All right. Well, Boach, have a great rest of your year. Try to we stay will. try to stay out of the emergency room. And we look forward to having you back on Coach's Corner when your seri- when your season's over August fifteenth. Oh, well, I don't know what the hell that's supposed to mean. I got <laughs> it means that, you're done. That whack job, Hunter Pence running around drinking eighteen cups of coffee. Hey, do you want Randy Jones up there? He looks like he's run out of people to talk to down here. Is he gonna bring a sharpie? He's gonna bring his sharpie and he's gonna bring that little brush that's had about nineteen years worth of barbecue sauce dried into it. Go ahead, bring him up. You can have him. We'll go ahead. Who do you, who are you gonna trade us? Johnny Lamaster? Johnny Lamaster, you can have Johnny Lamaster. Greg Minton. We'll send Greg Minton's ass back to you. Hey, he went to, to San Diego. Oh, I heard. I couldn't cut it at San Dumb Diego. Dumb shit. It was 38 degrees when our games were ending and the guy's in short sleeves. One of the ways to get into San Diego, this has really bothered me forever. By At San Diego, how about this, Boach? You had to have reached puberty by the time you turned 17. So they kicked me right down to Torrey Pines. I felt like that was discrimination. I wish that Matt Battiata was around at that time because he's a hell of a lawyer. We would have sued those assholes. I don't got time for that. I'm still upset about Richie Garcia. Yeah, Richie Garcia. Well, if Trump would have built that wall in 1996, maybe the Padres got a goddamn world championship. Hey, you can see me, like I said, I'll be appearing this week, uh, rolling tacos down at Rolando's right in the Midway District. I hope you'll come on by and say hello, and maybe you drop a little bit of that spare change in that paper cup, all right, for your old buddy coach. Ah, hell, you need a new suit. I do need a new suit. Randy's dog licked all the spit off the last one. We'll see you next time, everybody. Thank you. Everyone, Dave and Jeff joining you the same night as Homer and Derby, celebrity softball game and everything that goes on with baseball, of course, as here we have that break that everybody talks about. It used to be halfway through the season, that break. Yeah. What's the deal with 99 games being played and, and only 63 to go? It's kind of bizarre. You know, it's funny, Dave, as we sit here and watch Home Run Derby, my kids have a PS4. I was watching Stevie Woods talk over the weekend about all the things. He lost two TVs and a PS4 since he got married. I hope he at least can rest comfortably knowing that my two sons, who I bought it for, yeah. love it. They love it, and they play NBA 2K18 all the time. But now they're playing MLB The Show. But the MLB The Show they have for PS4 is uh, 2016. And what's really fun about that is they're not really playing the games during the season, but they love playing Home Run Derby. They play Home Run Derby at um, Petco Park. Oh, that's cool. Because it's, you know, the the year of the All-Star game. But the really great thing is, that they're diehard NBA guys, but they're not as tuned in with um, with baseball and the guys from that time. So they were setting up Home Run Derby yesterday, 
And they're putting in guys like uh, Brian Dozier was in. Yeah. Will Myers was in. They put all these different, you know, goofballs in. I think Corey Seager from the Dodgers just going through. And they're like, hey, Dad, why don't you come in and pick, you know, one guy? So I come in, I look, and I go, every guy they have, it's about eight home runs. Yeah. Right? So my one guy I take is Nolan Arenado. So they're playing. Again, my sons are 10. Yeah. So they play, and the first guy hits nine. He's all fired up. <laughs> His brother hits like 11. So they're like, oh, now I'm up with Nolan Arenado. I hit 34 home runs. <laughs> for you and they're like they're dying right yeah they go, what is going on stop hitting home runs i'm just mashing them off the board and i go hey watch i'll hit this one eyes closed and they're like we hate you shut up but they're dying and they go how do you do that i go you know how you pay attention to the nba i pay attention yes. to baseball and you put, picking a bunch of noodle arms oh that's not helping funny. you but it was just so fun. So tonight, to be watching Bryce Harper and knowing my sons are at home actually watching it, uh, it's cool, man. I, I love that. But, Dave, to answer your question, yeah, I like it being around this time. I know the schedule's different. It used to be better, like you said, when you felt like there was half the year to yeah. go. But um, but for me, it's just it's it's different because I always liked it. But now that they're into it, it just makes it even better. Yeah, it does. You know, it's, it's funny. When you played Homer and Derby at Petco, did they play at nighttime, daytime? Did they have, that's they set very it up? funny. Well, you can choose the time. Yeah. So we did one during the day, and then uh, where Adrian, of all people, really? Adrian Gonzalez, my, my one son, was killing it as Adrian Gonzalez. Um, he did great, and then we played at night, too. Boy, those, it's done right in Mira Mesa. Yeah. But those Sony Studio guys, wow! I I just I I love it. The graphics, and we have, um, I put a nice forty inch TV in their bedroom. Yeah, um, an old TV that we had. Like I got a nice TV. I got a sixty inch in my old living room, which meant the fifty inch went into my old bedroom. Yeah, which meant the forty inch that had been in there just came in. It's only their their four games. They don't yeah. have. Uh, TV in there, but it's just so fun. And like a couple of friends gave them those video game yeah. chairs, like that have the back support, so you just hang out. That's awesome. They've got the total like yeah. bachelor thing that is in a there. Cool setup. And yeah, bunk beds in there, and like all the goofy kids stuff that you have. And then they're just chilling out playing home run derby. It's cool. So when I when you're, my kids were your kids' age, I used to only buy the ah, sports game. That's my dog. That's my what, God. I was looking at you like it hit me about 10 seconds ago. Let me see how uh, long it takes to hit you. God, it's that it's that dry dog food fart that she dropped <laughs> on us. And it's stifling. My God. I used to only buy the sports games for my kids. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't buy any of the guns. I didn't do any of the, the war games, any yeah. of that stuff. And, and just, just the way we did it. But they always had football. They always had baseball. And then as you and I started doing the show, we started getting a lot of stuff. We started yeah. getting and Tiger Woods golf was a lot yep. of fun. We started Great. getting hockey was fun. They got into soccer. They they enjoyed the whole damn thing. And it was it was it was always cool. It's funny. And now that um, my kids are older, my older son never plays anything, you know, yeah. and my, my younger son will jump in and he'll play Fortnite, which everyone else is playing now. But it's funny. Mm -hmm. I can hear him 
online talking to people. I can, can you oh, imagine? That's funny. As a kid, you aren't. You, you yeah. never had that. I mean, we had no. had Atari when I was a kid. Yeah. Ever, was that the one you had? You had Atari. And television. And television was one you had. Yep. Where you took the card and you had to slide it into yeah. the, the the control thing that you were using. Yeah, my buddy Cheech had it, so we just yeah. played at his house all the time and just loved it. I had one play that I'd run on football, which is I'd fade the quarterback all the way back so yeah. he couldn't see his defenders. <laughs> And he would just, and then I just throw a bomb every time. Cut the lead to like forty-eight to seven. Oh, that is. I'd funny. get killed in those games. Yeah. You know what I loved? How many people remember this? My buddy Doug Penn had like one of the original desktop computers, and he would have the disc, and you would play Larry Bird against Irving one on one. Yeah. And we'd play basketball with joysticks, and then you could slam, and it would break the backboard. Yeah. And then the guy would come out and sweep up the backboard. <laughs> do you remember that? I do remember that. That game was unbelievable. I that was that. so fun, though. Yeah, The games now are so insane that it takes you a second. If you walk into a room and somebody's playing, are you watching a real game or are they playing a video game? They have said, my sons have told me, um, what throws my wife off all the time is playing 2K18, Ernie and Shaq. Because she'll hear them and think like, oh, what game's on? Yeah. And they're like, we're playing 2K18. And the way they've done the conversation, kind of the halftime show, is so incredible. She she said to me, she goes, fools me all the time. It sounds like it's an actual yeah. live game that they're talking about. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible. I remember when they when they first came out and started doing a really good job with it. If you were playing a game in the snow, the field yes. would start filling up with snow. Yep. And then as the game went on, the field would start getting you know, ripped, ripped apart. Yeah. And yeah. you're going, man, that was pretty incredible. Anyway, it was, it was, I wish we had that one as a kid, but at the same time, you start playing, and next thing you know, eight hours have passed you by. You'd never fall asleep. No, what I did for them, and it, it became like a two-hour thing, but I had so much fun. They wanted to do franchise. Yeah. So I took, but it's the 2016 Padres, and you think that the 2018 Padres suck. Go look at the lineup for the 2016 Padres yeah. on that video game. It's just unbelievable. So uh, A.J. Dotseth just started swinging trades like crazy. But what I did for them was I loaded up their team, but I loaded it up without going like a $800 million payroll. Yeah. So their payroll is just all – their their team is all studs. And they've got a few guys like Hosmer now, guys that are on the team. Um, but then what I did for him is I just went through and completely this this is how obscene it was. I completely buffed out their minor leagues because when you look at the minor leagues on that game, everybody like it looks at potential for yeah. how good every guy in the Padres was like D plus. So I moved it all out. So I told him, I go, you keep playing franchise. You're you've got the greatest minor league system ever. Just loaded up with guys. And now they're stoked because they're starting to play it. And it's more fun that way when your team's good. They still don't really know how to play. Yeah. But, like, my, my son Jack, I talked to him tonight. And I go, how you doing? I was driving down here. He goes, it sucks. <laughs> and I go, what? And he goes, well, uh, I've never played Call of Duty. So I'm trying to play Call of Duty against Cade. And he goes, Cade told me the best way for me to learn is to keep getting killed. <laughs> So he goes, I've gotten killed about 14 times. And I go, then what's K do? And he goes, it tells me I should have ducked. <laughs> should have hit me on the wall. Dodge bullets. Yeah. So I go, uh, let me talk to your brother. 
So he puts his brother on. Hello. And what are you doing? Well, how else is he going to learn? Uh, he goes, why, why should I make it easy for him? I go, how about if you just show the guy how to play the game? Well, that's not how I learned. I had to get killed. I go, would you calm <laughs> that's down? That's not how I learned. Your yeah. brother's already worried about working in a smoke shop. Yeah, he's already a nervous wreck. Yeah, two idiots. <laughs> so, yeah, it's funny. I, I just, yeah, it, it's all those kind of things. Yeah. But, that's but for the stuff. most part, they played a little bit, and then uh, and then they'll go back to sports yeah. games. But they're having a fun time playing the MLB The Show. Okay, as, as young kids, because for me, obviously, when you and I were young, we didn't have the, the channels that your kids have now. I mean, you Correct. can watch anything. Like right now, we're watching highlights of a summer league game that are on the yeah. TV right next to us. We didn't have the the opportunity to do that. Are they watching no this? Do they watch World Cup? Do they what my, what what are they into? My wife said to me last night. She got home and she goes, "Yeah, I had eight percent on the TV." Oh, they tape everything. She goes, "They taped uh, seventeen summer league games, and they had something else. My my other son had taped, and then she's like, "Hey, you're taking up all the time." And they yelled at her, "Well, you have like sixty Golden Girls taped." And she goes, they're all in standard depth. They take up two seconds. She goes, and she goes, I don't even know why I started explaining myself to them. She's like, shut up. I'll take whatever I want. I'm paying the bill. I'm paying the bill. Um, so it's funny. But, yeah, they, they're all into sports. Yep. They're into sports. I'll tell you a couple of things. They like, um, they like America's Got Talent. Yep. They love the, the close-up magic. So yep. they love things like that. So they like that show. Um I got them into Bourdain a little bit. Yeah. Like they're into that show a little bit that they're they're sad about what happened with him. And then um but yeah, my one son's just obsessed with the NBA. So he'll have seven I think he had seventeen, she told me, summer league games. The reason I ask that question to you is because they they did a study on television watching. You know, mm -hmm. for things said things have changed dramatically yeah. since we were growing up and for most people who listen to this podcast, same thing. They say right now between people between the ages of eighteen and twenty four that only 2% of them watch television. Yeah, I don't Watch see. TV. So let's say you're a direct TV guy. You know, mm -hmm. you're a Cox Cable guy. In the future, your kids more than likely are not buying those things. You know what no. I mean? They are not paying those bills. What happens to the future of television, one? And two is the only reason to have TV is for live sporting events, for yeah. live shows, because they're streaming. I mean, there's everything that, that goes on that people are going through their phones, going through their iPads, but... They said it's only 2% right now between 18 and 24. I'd get rid of everything if all of these streaming PS4 or or Chrome or Apple TV, if they yeah. had a, a DVR ability. But they don't. Yeah. And, Dave, I l left my house this morning at 6.20, now 10 to 9. I haven't been home since 6.20 this morning. I won't be home till after 11.00. And for like tonight, I tape our boy Carlo Chiquetto every day at five. Um, I tape Brian Williams because I like that show, The Eleventh Hour, at eight. And I don't think I really have anything else on there. But I mean, but at eleven twenty, eleven thirty at night, last thing I'm going to be doing is watching two or three hours of TV. I love Netflix, man. I, I mean, I really do. I find, like, I have an Amazon Prime subscription. Bosch is great on there. Um, 
But I, I just find like Netflix for me. There's really cool stuff. That's what most people are doing. Yeah, They're going through, through Netflix. So here, here you go. Do you follow uh, Darren Rovell? He's a business guy, obviously for ESPN. Sure, I know who he is. I think we follow him on the podcast Twitter. I don't think okay. I follow him directly. I may, but I I see a lot of his stuff. And so Darren Ravel had this today. I always okay. find it interesting when he throws this stuff out there. In 2000, Blockbuster had the opportunity to buy Netflix Man. for $50 million. Wow. Turned it down. Blockbuster's down to one store. I didn't even know they even had one store. But Blockbuster yeah. had a chance to buy Netflix. Netflix is going through the roof. If you happen to buy stocks, Netflix has gone up like 300% in the last year and a half. Well, remember, and and we all do, I thought Netflix was cool when they would just send you the one disc. Yeah. Right? And you you could just... You hold it for as long as you want. You send yeah, it back and get something back. else. And then when they go, oh, we're going streaming, and you felt like you had to watch it through your computer, you go, well, I don't really want to watch movies through my laptop. And then they just were so far ahead of the game. They were. Because then you could start, I think, PS3. In your PS3, yep. you could put it put it down. It's it's outstanding. Like, everything. I, have a, I love... My LG TV, Dave. You got an LG TV out here, yeah. And goddamn, it's great. And yeah. the smart TV, it's like I, I have everything right there. It's just right on the home screen. It's yeah. e- and easy, right from your phone to decide what you want to do. It, anyway, it's changing dramatically on what people are doing. If you ask mm-hmm. people, you ask me this question all the time when we started the podcast. What are you watching? Yeah, that was always a question. We say, what are you watching right now? If you ask people what they're watching, it seems like the majority of people are watching. It's coming from Netflix. Yeah, you know, really. Uh, and the thing about it. Like HBO should figure this out. HBO sucks. Like one HBO, eighteen bucks a month for what? It's for it's for Game of Thrones. The reason yeah. it's up. So the thing is, I and wonder nothing. if HBO will drop their prices when Game of Thrones ends. This is the last season that HBO is is basically carrying Game of Thrones. It's all going to be over unless they decide that there's a way to like they do in Star Wars where you yeah. do you know beforehand. But it's one of those where they say it's so expensive to run that show that that's why they jack up the price. Um. At my old house, my wife has Showtime, so I'm able to do Showtime. Yeah. I can do that on my TV, and Showtime has most of their stuff available on demand, Um, and then through that, too, I can watch the live uh, Showtime East. It's kind of cool. I don't find myself watching it very much, but I have that, but yeah. Everything because the original programs that I find on Netflix are so goddamn good, they're they're great. Yep, it's it, again. I wonder what happens in the future. Direct TV, Cox Cable, all those guys. You figure out a way to do DVR, man, you, you, because you, people want to be able to watch on. That's the thing that's worked on the podcast. What works is yep. Who you whoever you are listening to this right now, you listen to it at your convenience. You don't have to be anywhere at any time. You can listen to it in the manner that you want to listen to it. You can listen to it at the gym. You can listen to it in the car, at the office, 7 in the morning, 7 at night, anytime in between. You know, it's funny. When we were doing the podcast and we started, we're learn, still learning. I mean, day by day, we try and pick stuff up about how other people are successful doing this and, and giving you the opportunity to listen to when you want to listen. I always find it interesting when people say, I listen to your, a show on May 24th. I'm yeah. I, I'm, I'm way back, but now I'm, I'm getting My caught buddy up Aaron on... called me last night, yelled at me that we didn't have Al Guerra in the Radio Hall of Fame. I go, <laughs> what, when did we do that show? I think we're at Bubs. We were at Bubba's. God damn. We're at Bubs doing the yeah. Radio Hall of Fame. Yeah. 
It's a lot. He's like, how come Al Gore is? I go, what? <laughs> what the fuck, dude? I don't remember what I talked about yesterday. So it, it's funny. I, right now I find myself, because we do the podcast, mm-hmm. I'll listen to, I think Stephen A. Smith's better on the radio than he is on TV. So I'll listen to his show that you hear on 710 yeah. through his podcast. I love right now the NBA with the LeBron thing. I find it interesting, so I've tracked down Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. Colin Coward, same thing. He does the podcast. It's an hour and a half. I realize Colin Coward, I don't know if he does this every day, but I think he does. So he has a three-hour show. Okay. Technically, he only does a two-hour show. And that's counting the commercials. So yeah. today they edited it so bad that you actually saw it. So I re- rewound it on the television to say, wait a second, where was the cut? And realized he jumped right back to what he did at the beginning at 9.03. Yeah. And then he went he went right back into it. So he only does a two-hour show. You listen to the podcast, it's only an hour and a half long. The thing that makes it stand out is when Dave Shelley Chainsaw made a big announcement last week. You, we were mm-hmm. hyping it up. We didn't talk about this, I don't think, on the show yesterday. But it took basically four hours to Terrible. get to get to their announcement. That's where the podcast is. Yeah, I want things now. I don't want to wait on no. a four-hour tease. That, I love those guys. That was the worst execution of a radio bit that I've heard. They let everybody down. Give me a fucking time and give me the deal. Because by the time Shelly announced, they, this is just my opinion. And whether they like it or not, I couldn't give less of a fuck. I like it. It was terribly yeah. executed because number one, you built everybody. You let everybody believe that it was going to be an announcement, either that you were staying at KFMB or you were going to 97.3. And that when you came through with the announcement that it was Shelly retiring, it was very anticlimactic for somebody who deserved better. I, I feel like people like no, there was zero, zero conversation that i saw and i I follow a lot of people on social media about shelly retirement yeah shelly a is in my limited dealings with her has always been incredibly nice professional has been such a big part of that show man that's a big deal yeah um but they just drug it out and drug it out and drug it out that by the time we were like fucking i don't care tell me what it is and somebody's like shelly retired and we all shrugged I felt bad about that because, to me, that's a big deal. 25 Shelley, years? How long have they been doing that show? Yeah. Long time. And and Shelly is really, really good. I mean, like, really, really good. Under Underrated in this market because of how good Dave is and how good Cookie is. But I was like, you just you fucked that up. It was, I, it was, it was interesting. Today I listened to... Mm. Steve Woods. No, that's the problem. Yeah. Dave, it wasn't interesting. It was so yeah. fucking boring. No, interesting that I'm saying 25 years and you're in the number one morning show and you couldn't set it up. Terrible. Because I get in the car at seven at like 6.45, they're doing a $5 bet. I got out of the car for 25 minutes to meet a buddy for coffee. I get back in the car and they're doing another $5 bet. Look, they've been incredibly yeah. successful. They don't need to listen to me. I just felt like on that day when I was listening, tell me the exact time. Just say, hey, we're going to announce it at 9.20, and then I'll come back. But just dragging it on, dragging it on, uh, I just... I ended up turning it off. I, I was did trying too. to wait, and I ended up turning it off, and I, I bailed and said, I'm going to find out later on what happened. Yeah. I'm not going to end up doing this. I was listening to uh, Steve Woods today. So I flipped on uh, to Steve Woods because I wanted to see... What Where was he, Ben? I don't know where Ben was. He was on vacation. Who knows? He wasn't there. So it was Woods. It was a guest. It was Tatino. And Woods brings up the the basically the conversation you brought up yesterday about Mike Matheny, about okay. what was going on with Mike Matheny and Bud Norris and Hicks and 
the bullying at work and the workplace mm-hmm. and everything else and this still does this still go for major league baseball the old school way of of being tough on a young guy and woods goes through the whole thing and he takes the Matheny side he says you know i got kicked in the ass and i'm better for it well the next two guys take the exact same side that woods takes oh shit so i text woods i said you know not a bad conversation piece to use on a day especially when there are no games but fuck i go instead of turning into a conversation it turned into a rally yeah i, I go there was nothing there and he just writes <laughs> me back right <laughs> like yeah. those guys didn't know how, how, play how to play it how to play the game where you somebody just take the other side just one guy in the room take the other side of what woods is saying but oh, well, nobody would this is no reflection on those guys but i remember there's a science to doing this and some people get it and other most don't and when you would sit there and you would have a topic like that whether i agreed with mike Matheny or not i felt like if you were like hey i'm really strong on mike Matheny." I believed it enough where I go, all right, I, I yeah, feel I'll like I can. from the other side. Yeah, fuck it. Fuck it. We That's did it all the time. I did it all the time. We did it all the time. We told you all the time where the Chargers were great. Oh, dude. <laughs> My fucking nose going, kid. <laughs> it's a science to do it. You can't just roll in with a pencil. You can't just jump in from the update booth. It's not how it works. You can't just take guys off the football field and think that they're able to do it. You can't. No. You have to watch. That's why, like, I hope a guy like Stacy Taylor can make it up on August 1st. So fucking good at the science of talk radio. Understood it. Understood how to push buttons, get you going, get you agitated, get conversation, do something different. And, Yeah. When you got three guys where you go, look, this is shit. Be Dude, able to make a... Con- I'm sorry, Dave. No. Be able to make a convincing argument for something you could not believe in, and then you're ready to do talk radio. You know who does a great job of it? And I remember thinking, this is how, how it's done, especially in two-man shows that you and I would do, so I'd always try and pay attention to the guys that did it. I always thought John and Ken were great at it. John yeah. and Ken on 640, whether you, you like the show or don't like the show, they knew how to play it. There, yeah. there was an art to it. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, see, that's that to me is the biggest knock on Darren's show because Caruth and Marty think he walks on water. Yeah. I've said this. Get those fuckers to challenge you. Stop with the fawning over how great you are. That doesn't do anything for your show. It doesn't. I've had this conversation with them. I'm not saying anything. That show gets better when people push back. Yeah. Doesn't say you don't have to say Darren's wrong, but look at it from a different perspective. And instead, it's ah, oh, ah, oh, wow, God, it's great. That's just great. I mean, I'm like, how many fucking times do they come in and hug you during the course of the show? <laughs> great people. I'm a huge fan of Marty, and I'm yeah. a huge fan of Caruth. Uh, I do. They're just good, good people. But. At that point, you bring nothing to the show. Stay off the air. Yeah. Stay off. Just say, you don't even have to be, it doesn't have to be angry, right? It doesn't have to be um, Alex Jones. But just say, hey, what if you looked at it from this perspective? Just give it a different look. Here's the deal. They have three guys on that station that can hold their own if you push back. Woods can hold his own. Darren can hold his own. Kaplan Absolutely. can definitely do it. If you do that to Kaplan nonstop, it's, it's going to drive him crazy. Kaplan wants the 
once the banner back and forth, you got to challenge them to get the best of them. Absolutely. But what Cap does very well, in my opinion, is he asked for it. Yes. He said, so tell me, do you agree with it? And, like, Welby's just going to say, and by the way, if if Allie Ratsliff or Welby or Johnny Brown or Cap or Darren, uh, fuck, man, I hope those guys will come down on, I know they all got lives to live, but on August 1st, I'd love to see those me guys. Because I love them all. Um, I hope they'll be down at Eastside Country Club. But, um, but I like, because Cap's looking for it. Cap, Cap goes, Kaplan goes in. And that's what I love about the way Scott does it. Scott, I just talked about the science of talk radio. Kaplan gets it as well as anybody in this town, I believe. He just he just gets it. When you look at the way he sets a show up, he does a show, executes it. To me, the way I was taught, the people I learned from, he does as well as anybody. I couldn't agree market. more on that one. Honestly, I couldn't agree more. He does a fantastic job at it. It needs to be challenge you're gonna enjoy the radio show much more again darren could do it he just doesn't have the people that will sit there and push with him i would i would love to know who kaplan would like to do that show with because um i love billy ray but billy ray it's not br's personality but it'd be funny if kaplan had a guy like kaplan and woods to me would be pretty funny because they could play off each other and have fun it's funny i brought that up to woods last week Said the same thing. To be with Kaplan? Yeah, to be with Kaplan. See, because I think there's... The thing that's always worked on this show, I believe, is we like each other. Yeah. We get along. We talk off the air. But the other thing that works on this show is we have no problem at all telling the other guy, you're a fucking idiot. Now, you're a fucking idiot. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck why you. Right? All that shit. And I don't see any of that. We constantly fuck with each other on Twitter all day long. Yeah. All day long, we're looking for reasons to fuck with each other. When's the last time Darren ever took a cheap shot at Carew? Never happens. When's the last time Costa took a shot at Woods? Hardwick yeah. took a shot at Richards. So it makes it fun to me. It does. Because you could just come in. It's how people actually talk. When I hung out with my buddies... um, that I'm still friends with today for 35 years. Like my, my one buddy hits me up today. He goes, hey, if you hear anybody trying to unload Comic-Con tickets, why don't you give me a heads up? I go, why don't you go fuck yourself, okay? <laughs> the hottest fucking ticket in town. <laughs> he writes me back. Did you get my message about Comic-Con? I go, did you get my message about fucking yourself? It ain't happening. <laughs> fuck off. Go, do, go on Craigslist, you dick. I do shit. When did I become your daddy? And then he's like, all right. Yeah. His feelings aren't hurt. No. I told, him, I told him fuck off twice in five minutes. And he's like, all right, well, if you hear anything, let me know. And I'm like, do I have to tell you a third time to go fuck the fence before you get it? Don't matter at all. If I was up there tomorrow, I'm like, hey, I'm going to tell you, I'll go have a beer. Be like, yeah, let's go. Yeah, that's it. That's but, so funny. But when's the last time Judd said to, to Nick on Twitter, no. hey, go fuck yourself? Never. Never. It, it's funny. Someone pointed out to me two days ago. They go, if you just go on Twitter mm-hmm. and you put a search to, hey, Jeff, yeah, and then, or hey, Costa, or hey, yeah. Dave, it is endless. <laughs> we have like 13,000 tweets that have just gone straight down of just ripping the shit out of each other. I literally have lost every picture you guys sent me of Little League fields. Yeah. I had like nine of them uh, that people sent to me. But there's so much interaction on Twitter that Twitter only saves like 300. I've had like 300 interactions in four days. <laughs> I, I, 
like today. So we got Dave uh, got the logo done for our uh, anniversary yeah. show T-shirts. Costa is so funny because the first thing he says, being a dick, is, hey, that's in violation of the trademark law. And he puts Jack Daniels That's in what it. pissed me off. I was like, you fucker, if we get a cease and desist because this asshole, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> Think of the way you've tortured that guy for yeah. 20 years. If you got a cease and desist, he wins. He wins. It's like, it's like Wiley Coyote yes. catching the roadrunner. He did. When he put, when I realized that he put Jack Daniels on there, I was like, "Son of a bitch!" This cocksucker, yes. right? He just, uh, he's crossing the line, my man. Yeah, well, Damn he's it. not coming. No, he's barred from showing up. He's the weak link of this show, so we just start giving him, <laughs> you know, the punch in the eye, yes. the ice cube, the stretcher, carrying him out. <laughs> and then he said, "I've talked to the attorneys, and they're going to be in contact with him." That's the shit. We're like, that's open season. We're just sitting there thinking of, okay, well, what can I do? Then he goes, okay, well, what can I do? Nobody does. It's boring. Yes. Take a cheap shot. Like, like Ben and Woods put a really funny thing of Ben's head on a different, like a rapper dancing last week. That was awesome. That kind of stuff is just what I like. But otherwise, it's just this, hey, we're buddies and we're chums. We hang out. We go get fish and chips together. Fuck you. You don't do shit. You hate each other. You sit there and think, this guy's shit. He's holding me back. We don't care. (laughs) Dave and I always knew we were holding ourselves back. We're like, we're shit. (laughs) Ain't going anywhere. What was funny is the times that we would go at it, and we would would take a side, one side or another. Maybe voices would be raised a little bit. As soon as we went to break... We had to kind of look at just, I don't give a fuck. Who that gives was, a fuck? Was, I don't care about Dusty Baker. It's okay. I don't give less of a shit about Dusty Baker or his asshole kid. Who cares that J.T. Snow saved that fucking kid? <laughs> there should have been a white. We had a whiteboard at 1090. Yeah. And every time I looked at that whiteboard and I thought, I better write what side of the argument I took up on this wall because oh, there's no it. goddamn chance I'm going to remember tomorrow. Dude, one of my favorite clips we did was um, was when Tony Gwynn came on and we were talked um, about Caminiti the day before. Yeah. And you straight oh, out yeah. straight said, no way in hell am I retiring Caminiti's number. And for some reason, when Tony came on, you completely took the other side. No, it went the other way around. You, you have it reversed. I don't think so. I, the I, first side, I said, you do retire it. And then Tony said, no, absolutely not. Tony I, said, no, we can't retire his fucking number. No, I swear you. I, I, I actually, I listened to this recently. Milton Hines sent it to me. You completely take the side of of not retiring it. Then you took the side of retiring it. Then Tony told you we don't retire it. And you're like, you, he went so back. So I changed to, three times. Three times. It's yeah. so fucking funny. Milton sent this thing to me. Yeah. And I was walking the dog listening, laughing I, my ass off. Well, I've heard it. Yeah. I remember that too. I, You know why I remember it? That's funny. Is because on most things, Dave, really sports, debate, yeah. uniforms. Yeah, it's not life or death. Chargers, right? Yeah. Austin. I, I don't give a shit. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to I really don't give a shit. But on that on that particular day, that one really hurt because he was so nice to me when yes. I was a producer. And Christy Jagger and I were just having this conversation the other day, and she was saying, um, she goes, you know, we could, Mark and I could just call the dugout 
Yeah. He gave us the dugout number. That's right. We just call the dugout and be like, hey, it's Jagger and Christy. Where's Cam and Eddie? And they'd be like, oh, hang on. He'd be like, hey, what's up? Like, who do you do that with? And just so nice to me and to us. And you're frustrated because of the way his life had turned out. And everybody's taking cheap shots at him and everything else. And, and look, he wasn't... Uh, he wasn't a friend. He didn't go. But I had so much professional respect for him, and I liked him so much personally that, yeah, you go back and forth. I mean, you just go, yeah. He meant so much to the organization. He meant so much to the he city. Did. You and I, I uh, when we were done last night, uh, we watched the end of that that Dodger uh, show that they did for MLB Network, and, and I loved what Oral Hershiser said to Kirk Gibson when he said you changed so many lives, shit, Dave, that that applies to Ken. Caminiti. I couldn't agree more. It seemed like Caminiti was long was here longer than he was, but in the short time he was here, going back to it, for me, it was our greatest Padre memories. Yeah, well, for you and me, absolutely, yeah. because being in Monterey and being a being around those teams that he was here almost every day. Yeah, I mean, we were on the field before every home game. We were in the dugout after every yeah. home game. I mean, we we saw. Everything from start to finish. Yeah, and he was he was such a star and incredibly accessible. And so, yeah, I mean, I hear those now and I laugh because you go back and forth. Yeah. But to me, when I hear that, I go, that's just pure emotion. That's just pure emotion for a guy that I like so much and uh, so sad that the way it turned out so many stories with Boach about just what it was like for Boach as manager, as a guy who loved Caminetti and was watching Caminetti fall apart at the seams yeah. and you can't do anything about it. I mean, I talked about just real quick. I talked about last Thursday night and, and when you go there, fuck David, you're not interested in what anybody has to yeah. tell you. You're not interested in making a phone call. You don't want, you're just you're just fucking alone fighting yep. that battle. And for me, I was fortunate it was manageable, but I sure understand how it can get away from you. You know, the sad thing about Cam and Eddie is we were close enough to to Boach and Towers. Mm -hmm. Tony. They, and Tony. But they all told us it was going to happen. I mean, we all yeah. knew it was going to happen because they told us. They said, guys, and there's stories. Where, I'm not going to share yeah. stories that, that we know exact details of what happened. But they told us maybe two, three, four years mm -hmm. ahead of time, this is how this is going to end. And it ended exactly the way they say it was going to end. You know, um, on that topic, when I would go into Boach's office, um, so many of those nights were filled with laughter. Yeah. And even the last couple of years when uh, when the Giants have come to town, it's the same thing to go down there and just – fuck around and and talk but there were a couple of nights when when he and i probably just sat in there and chatted for 20 minutes to half hour about caminetti and the challenges and all the different things uh for boach as a young manager and and the relationships that he had like like that's when i look at andy green i'm sorry man i can't believe that andy green has relationships with Christian Villanueva at the level that Boach had yeah. a relationship with Bochi. And I don't know that he has a relationship with Hunter Renfro the way you have it with Tony Gwynn. Um, 
or Trevor Hoffman or Kevin Brown or Andy Ashby. Um, and the list just went on and on and on, Steve Finley. And it was great to hear it. And so many of those relationships were positive. But when you had one that was the clear, defined leader of that team who was emotionally and physically breaking down and you can't do anything about it, yeah, it's incredibly difficult. It was. It was. Um, and I know there are people that will sit there and say that, that they like Boach, they didn't like Boach, whatever, especially before he won the World Series three times with the Giants. You know, we did a lot of post-game shows where people would sit there and question every Boach move oh, yeah. possible. It's easy to to do that in baseball when things don't work out. We should have bun in here. We should have done that. Why that did fucking he, why Sandy Alderson called in? Oh, my. <laughs> we, we went through this a million times. The interesting thing I always find fascinating about baseball managers is Boach will be the first one to tell you, I win maybe four games a year. Yeah. And Tori used to say the same thing. I mean, you're talking about Hall of Fame managers. Go, man, I'm responsible for maybe four wins a year. We, you brought it up yesterday. Boach was great with the bullpen. Mm-hmm. But when you listen to players that were great at – the the game or played the game for a long time even a guy like mark sweeney who was a bench guy but was around major league baseball for a long time i remember him and john vanderwall and i would say what's the difference between bochi and a jim leland type compared to everyone else they said bochi would go out of his way every single day and every ask, day how, how are you doing that's all it took just to say to john vanderwall how are you doing today how's your wife how's it yeah. how's whatever to just that one second of how are you doing with 25 guys to make contact every single day went such a long way on hey this is a family this is a long road it's 162 games and he goes i'm gonna give my best effort to that guy he asked me how i'm doing i want to be able to say i'm gonna do whatever i can to help this team win funny because i i don't know how i would describe boach's personality for those that don't know him one-on-one but i could see see for me i look at boach um, and he and Buddy are a little bit different, but in a lot of ways alike. Yeah. And I don't know Andy Green well enough to, to give you an educated opinion on that. But for those two guys, like, one of my favorite memories with Bud, I didn't really know Bud that well. And uh, Rosie and I went to spring training. And they had a guy from Australia. And the guy from Australia that was in camp with the team, I think he was a pitcher. And so what uh, what was going on early on was if you had missed your cutoff man or missed a drill, um, you would be called in front of the team, and they would you'd have to do a big hit of Vegemite. Yeah. And so uh, Rosie and I are sitting with Bud, and we're just fucking around bullshitting in Peoria. And Rosie said, hey, is that true that you're ready to, that you're making these guys do Vegemite? And Bud goes, oh, yeah. And Bud gets all fired up, like Towers used to get fired up. Oh, yeah. And Rosie goes, god damn, that's funny. He said, does that bring the team together? And Bud looks at him and goes, we're about to bring this team together. You ready to go? (laughs) And Rosie goes, yeah. And he goes in, Dave, and it's like a jar, like a dark brown jar with a yellow label. And he opens it up, and it's this paste. You ever had Vegemite? Never have. I just knew it from the song. Yeah. It's this paste. And Bud had, he you know what it was? Remember when you were a kid, and you'd go to the baseball game, and you'd get a malt cup? Yep. And they'd give you like that wooden spoon? So Bud goes in. And he, he's got one of those, like a like a tongue depressor. And he takes a big he does. thing and he gives it to oh, Rosie. Oh, shit. 
And he looks at me, goes, what's your fucking problem? You ready? <laughs> and I go, well, f- yeah, I guess. He goes, let's go. And he fucking gives me one. And now, Did it smell bad? Awful. And, and Bud goes, one, two, and I go, hang on. And I look at Rosie. I go, we fucking do this and we straight face it. No fucking reaction. Okay. And Rosie goes, okay. And we go, let's go. And Bud goes, one, two, three. And me and Rosie fucking hit it, straight face it. And Bud lost his shit. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And uh, he goes, these goddamn guys freaking out. He goes, I'm going to tell them I had a couple of radio pussies in here. Whatever he said. Uh, And he's knuckles and he's going crazy. And he goes, shit, it was so funny. And Rosie and I like, yeah, yeah, we got time. I'm like, I'm going to puke. Lightheaded. Um, but now, those are the days, yeah. man. You Boach can't. and Bud both had great senses of humor, and they, they both got, they had a dry sense of humor. They're both yeah. so fucking funny, and just great. And and but got it. Yeah. Understood that we had a job to do. Understood that we couldn't give less of yeah. a fuck about that job. We just wanted to hang out. And I I always said, yeah, I can't do yeah. anything else. You know what? Except I, bullshit. I got I a funny Boji story for you. So my, my oldest son, Josh, is a huge Padre fan, okay? And he would watch all the games on TV. And we, one day I bring him down to the field before a game. Mm-hmm. And we I walk him right down to the field, and he runs into Bruce Bochy. First question of Boach is, when I watch the games on TV and they put the camera on you, he's nine years old. When yeah. they put the camera on you, about the same age as your sons are right now. Yeah. It looks like you're going to cry. And he looks right at Josh. And Josh goes, you can see that on the camera. He goes, because a lot of times I am. I'm about to cry. <laughs> Josh goes, I knew it. You look like you're going to cry all the time. It's the best. And Boach says, and you know what Boach did? Huh. He said, Josh, he goes, grab a bat. And he went out on the field. To, Jeff, no joke. Yeah. And he pitched probably 50 to 70 balls right. to Josh on the field at, at Qualcomm Stadium. Yeah. He pitched BP to a nine-year-old. Yeah. And when my kid going, he throws the best BP I've ever seen. Like I, ever. Like I suck at it. And yeah. I was like, well, yeah, I guess I do. But- it was uh, it was insane. It was the coolest thing ever. Number yeah. one, he had a real conversation with him. Yeah, and and it's who he is. It's who he is. And then to go out of his way when managers have a shitload of things they got to do throughout the day. Yeah, you know stats, you know reports, everything they go over. The guy threw like seventy fucking batting practice balls to my kid. Uh, I think you remember. I was really tight. I got to get into this story too. Yeah, I was really tight. You had a good relationship too with Mark Wolf and Denny Purdy yeah. from the Gulls. And Boach loved those guys. So we took Mark Wolf, Denny Purdy, and Matt Mitchell, who was the equipment guy, who made Boach a fucking sweet Gulls jersey. Yeah. All 15 Boachy, the whole thing. And we went down and took BP at yeah. the queue. Yeah. And Boach pitched. So they're like, all right, I'll go first. So I get in there, and the first fucking pitch he throws right at my Rifled head. Rifled it at your head. Okay, get the hell in there. Where the hell are you going? And we had the best time. It was a good time. Mark Wolf hit one out. Yeah. Legit. And and that's just who he is. By the way, um, I texted him last week, Boach. Okay. And I said, hey, Dave and I are doing this thing on August 1st. You're going to be in town for the days before it. Can I get a couple of signed baseballs from him? He was like, of course. Yeah. You got it. So uh, Bochy signed baseballs at the event. Um, I got more stuff to tell you about tonight. Don't let me forget to tell you the other things that are coming. Our man, Jojo Tarantino, box, yeah. 
and his entire training team. I cannot thank these guys enough. All the trainers, JoJo hit up all the trainers from the different teams, and these guys all have rallied for us, Dave. Um, and I've got a huge box at my house loaded up with more signed baseballs. Perfect. Um, talked to Jim Trotter tonight. Signed Larry Fitzgerald jersey. Wow. Confirmed. Eric Weddle talked to today. He goes, dude, I'm in Baltimore. He goes, camp starts Wednesday. But he goes, my wife's got your jersey. He said, I'll uh, I'll get something set up with her to track you down. I'll get you the jersey in time for the event. Cool. So we've got all that. We're doing the final artwork tomorrow for your dad's card. Upper deck guys are like, Jesus Christ, could they give us a, a lower resolution picture? I'm like, shit. Just get it done. Shit. I tried. Um, but we're getting that done. Everything's coming together. But I mentioned uh, Mark Wolf and Denny yeah. Purdy. So a bunch of my friends at Upper Deck play hockey. So over the weekend, they played in a tournament in Carlsbad. These are all people that are, you know, 27 to 40. Yeah. Right? They'll have full-time jobs. But they've all played. Some played college hockey. Some played other. It's a, They're like an intermediate team. So I find out that they play in this tournament in Carlsbad. I was going to go up and watch, and I go, how'd it go? And they go, God damn, this one team locally had a guy that was drafted like a second-round draft pick of the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, really? Lives local. And I go, I know who the fuck that is. You knew right away. I knew it was Martin St. Amour. Wow. Former Gulls captain, yeah. retired his fucking number, <laughs> but he's trying to claim that he's an uh, intermediate player. And they go, uh, yeah, he's taking slap shots. I go, what a fucking dipshit, okay? This fucking idiot. <laughs> and now I find out that he cross-checked a girl in my office. Wow. I'm like, listen, I'm going to get him fucking deported, Okay. <laughs> So I'm going to tell you this, St. Amour, you big fucking dumb shit. You better figure out a way to get to me on Twitter, and you don't have to do shit for me. I'm just telling you, there's a lot of people in that office that love the game of hockey, that support the game of hockey, that think you're a fucking big dummy. They didn't until yeah. I told them you were a big dummy. <laughs> so you better figure out how to get pizza delivered to that office, and, and we'll, we'll, call, we'll consider the, the score settled. He believed this fucking no, guy. No, I can't. Claims he's an intermediate. And he's cross-checking the girl's like five, That's the worst part. 5'3", 118 pounds. You fucking dick. I always liked your brother, Steph, a lot more than you. I'll tell you that. Steph wouldn't pull that shit. <laughs> no wonder they put your fucking number back in rotation. <laughs> did they put his number back Fuck in rotation? Fuck yeah, they did. They knew what he was like. <laughs> No wonder the Ottawa Senators told you, keep walking. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. All keep right. fucking walking. Let me knock some of these out before you, you tell me the rest. Here we go. Again, want to thank Brian Curry. Brian Curry's been with us right from the very beginning. Brian Curry is great. Look, you're in the market right now looking at real estate. I drove around just this weekend, just looking around. Not, not that yeah. I'm in the market. I just want to see what the market has out there, what areas of San Diego are nice. Just a nice time to kind of get in the car with air conditioning, all the heat that was yeah. going on. But want to see what Brian Curry is doing. If you're in a situation in your home, you're not completely happy where you're at, or you want something a little bit better, maybe times are, are going pretty well for you and you're ready to upgrade, or if you're in a situation, unfortunately, we need to downgrade, you need to make the best of a move right now. Brian Curry is your guy. He's the best real estate broker in San Diego, selling real estate all over San Diego County for the last 20 years. Brian is also your guy for property management. 
Right now, if you need someone to manage your property, you got to call Brian Curry as well. You can find him online, BrianCurryRealEstate.com. Again, it's BrianCurryRealEstate.com. His phone number directly, 619-251-1588, 619-251-1588. I'll tell you this. You know why you need a guy like BC? Because two people I know, uh, my friend Laura got an unbelievable condo in La Costa back in the day. Two bedroom, two bath, two individual garages pool wow. unbelievable complex bought it for $98,000 you know how she bought it because she had a real estate agent like BC that was aware of it before it went on the market you gotta have the guys that understand how the yeah. game is played because by the time you drive around and you see that for sale sign plugged into the front yard somebody already knows about it. somebody's exactly. already seen it that's why Brian's had the success that he's had where you say, okay, look, is this it? He's also going to tell you, no, we're going to wait it out. Kind of our Kenny Rogers quote last night, no one to hold him, no one to fold him, no one to jump in, be like, hey, man, this is the right play for us. He knows what the market trends are. You can trust him, and he's a guy committed to this community, has been there with us every step of the way. We'll see him two weeks from Wednesday. Also, don't forget about once you get that house, you're going to want a landscape at Barkley Landscape, and it's the way to go. Scott and Ryan doing fantastic things for 35 years. I had breakfast with Scott just the other day. It was great to hear about them and how well things are going, that you guys have done a fantastic job. Uh, contact and Barkley Landscape, and they're great all over San Diego County as well. Ryan's direct number, 619-669-8000, 619-669-8000. You name it right now, a lot of people are saying, what can I do to save my water bill? Ryan will help you out as well. Front back, front and backyard, power washing, yard demolition, whatever you need to happen, Ryan Barkley and his dad, Scott, will do it for you again, 619-669-8000. Man, Dave, I drive around. I came down the 125 last night. Uh, by the time I got down here tonight, it was pretty dark. But last night coming down, everything that you look, it terrifies me, man. There's so much dry brush all around everywhere. And and Dave tells you about all the great things Ryan and, and Scott can do to beautify your lawn, to make it look amazing, picture ready. But I always emphasize the part that it, it's so clear that even with the rain or a little bit of rain that we had, that we're still in the middle of the drought. And I just feel like have those guys come out and say, man, am I ready? I mean, am I as ready as I can be for fire season? Can we do this? What can we do? That's why those guys to me uh, at Barkley Landscaping are so important to keep those numbers handy because you just want to be aware and feel like, okay, I'm ahead of the curve. I'm ready. And the guys, 35 years of experience. They know what to do. Absolutely. Uh, and, of course, as I said, we'll knock this out. When you talk about buying that house and everything goes into it, the fence. A lot of times yep. you buy the house and you say, what am I going to do with the fence? Jeff told you the situation his brother's going through right now with the snakes. Unfortunately, this is the time of year we have to deal with the snakes. Superior Fence Company, Daniel Tyler, he's your guy as well. 760-745-4846. 760-745-4846. All over San Diego County. Daniel, though, specializes in the North County, even on Saturdays. He'll give you those free estimates. And Daniel says every job's an easy job. That's why it's easy to call Daniel Tyler. Well, my brother's leg. So now when he does <laughs> finally call Daniel, I'm going to tell Daniel to put in a chain link fence that a big king cobra could fit through. <laughs> I have no problem at all. My brother gets eaten by a boa constrictor. I think it'd be great. Do the city a favor. Guy cries every day. He's not chirping at Nick Canapa. He met Nick Canapa one time. All of a sudden, he feels like they're longtime friends. I tell him. <laughs> LeVar, like LeVar 
football. I said, you just stay in your lane. Okay. My favorite thing with your brother when he talked to the mayor. When he told your ma- told, told the mayor. Be governor. Yes, it'll be governor one day. How'd that work out? Did not work out. Um, goes right back to what I said. First, let me say this about Dan Tyler. Um, when I asked for help building a little league field, which we will do, uh, first guy to step up and say, look, man, I, I have experience doing this. I know how to do it. We can do it right. I love that. Yeah. Guy was all about kids and family and community. But yeah, I, I, Dave, I, I don't know. I don't feel like I'm a, a get off your long guy. I love I, kids playing ball to me is the coolest me thing too. ever. Um, I understand if you want the rabbits to stay the fuck off your lawn. But I don't mind kids. But there is a part where I just find, God damn, people are just nosy. Yeah. Right? People are just fucking nosy. They're always wanting to know, hey, hey, you <laughs> shut up. <laughs> and I feel like Dan can help you get your privacy back yep. and do it in a way where it, it looks good. Like sometimes you drive around, there's those ugly brick walls. Maybe you want that. Maybe you want that to make your wife feel like it, she's back at Las Colinas where you met her. <laughs> But if not, and you just want your nosy neighbor, yeah. the Costas, to stay the fuck out of your life, have Dan come over and build that fence. It'll be great. Absolutely. All right. And last but not least, don't forget right now with the warm weather, how many of you thought about how great would it be to have that yeah. pool? And Daniel, and of course, Daniel will help you with the fence. But at the same time, you have Alan Taylor with the pools, TaylorMade Pools. Yep. 20 years in San Diego, TaylorMade Pools, the perfect pool for you. Think about what your dream pool would be like. And guess what? Alan Taylor can make it happen. Don't wait any longer. Call Alan Taylor. Get that perfect pool for you. Saltwater technology. Everybody's doing it now. The waterfalls, the grotto, the slides, you name it. Make your backyard a staycation. Alan Taylor's phone number, 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. And he will be at our event on August 1st, Jeff, where he's bringing shirts as well, the ones that you talk about all the time with a special logo on them. Yep. Uh, I don't know that you'll get a pen. You might. <laughs> I talked to our friend Derek Dawson at the Gulls today. He said if somebody steps up and gets a beautiful tailor-made pool, he'll put you in the running to have uh, the Gulls girl swimsuit calendar shot at your backyard. Perfect. I can't. He didn't say that, but I just put those (laughs) words in his mouth right there. So, Derek, thank you for stepping up on behalf of the Gulls. Hey, man, you get a really cool pool. Yes. I want the Gulls girls come and shoot the calendar there. Tell tell your wife, hey, scooch, get on out. (laughs) Scooch. Why don't you run over to Bed Bath & Beyond? Why you run down to Bevmo? Get yourself a little bit more pineapple vodka. Wink, wink. <laughs> Dad's got work to do here. Um, TaylorMade Pools, when you look at the work that they've done, absolutely yeah. incredible. Beautiful work. And, yeah, he'll be there, and it's going to be awesome. Um, just a couple of things in closing. The shirts are already incredibly popular. I appreciate that. They're for sale. Okay, you understand how this fucking works? We're raising money for charity. Exactly. We're not, uh, you have a mother and father. You probably have an uncle and aunt. None of them are named David Jeff. So fucking bring your wallet. Okay? I mean, Jesus Christ. Hey, I want one of those. Well, great. And you know what's great is how many people dicked around and didn't get signed up for the event. The shirts are for sale at the event. And if you're not in, you're not in. That's it. That's why it says 20th anniversary. We told you for weeks that they're going. I have one guy that I'm scholarshipping for a shirt. I have one guy, and that's Billy. Yeah. Billy put 1500 bucks in. He didn't want shit. He's just doing it. Billy, you're my guy. Um, uh, Dave and I are scholar. I mean, we're selling. Yeah. Are we selling for 20 or 25? Let's go 20. 
Let's go 20, right? Let's Bring go a 20 dollar bill. Easy. Fuck it. Let's move them out. How many do we have? A hundred? We'll have a hundred ready to go. Well, uh, and we're if we s- do, we do. If they're they're high in demand, we'll order more. Yeah, but they're not. But they're going to look different. Yes, they're going to be different. These are for the people that are there that night. Yes. Um, for all of you that have committed to being there, all of you who stepped up and made it happen, uh, you're in. And Billy was. I, I don't think I had anybody else go over a thousand bucks. Bill, you just fucking come hang out. You're Perfect. Dave and I got gotcha. you. And we got Lisa Ann, because I swear to God, <laughs> give me a break, okay? Costa, dry humper, motherfucker, trying to wreck all our fun. Dave, I'm going to talk to Lisa Ann about wearing that shirt in one of her movies. Just, <laughs> How great would that be? It'd be great until some guy just yaks right on the uh, Dave part. Yeah. On the Dave part, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Oh, you ass. Jesus. Only the Dave part. Oh! He goes crazy on the Dave part. Yeah! Be great. I'm going to tell Vera. Hey, Vera. <laughs> I'm not even going to finish that. Um, So that's it. Weddle, like I said, Eric Weddle's signed jersey is done. Told yeah. me a day. He's like, it's done. Um, Larry Fitzpatrick. Larry Fitz, Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, Who the fuck's Larry Fitzpatrick? <laughs> I have no idea. You know, Larry Fitzpatrick signed jersey too. That probably won't be very popular. But the Larry Fitzgerald jersey's done. Yeah, yeah, done. Um, That's amazing, Dave. This is oh, and I would like to say this too. Oh my God, my our our buddy uh, Dave Kaminsky stepped up with the Caminetti ball. There could be some of you. And it's really the people that are already coming to the event, really, because we just don't. We've already turned in the head count to Eastlake. We've already turned in the head count uh, to Sean Walchef. We're just, right now, we're plugging it in. Our buddy Felix Taverna. Yeah. Who goes back with me and John Van Zanti from the Rancho Coastal Humane Society to KCEO. Felix sent me up and said, hey, man, I've got a really a bunch of stuff. And I think he said... He may have Lakers tickets. I don't know if wow. he, I think he said he's got Lakers tickets that he's donating. But Taverna said, I got stuff for you. If you guys are in that, the one thing that I can do is I can verify for you that the Larry Fitzgerald jersey was giving to, given to me directly from his foundation. The yeah. Weddle jersey given directly to me. The Padre ball is given directly to me. Um, that kind of thing. But if you are there out... And you go, look, I have this signed item. And you have some kind of certificate of authenticity and you want to donate it to the event, um, hit me up. James Clark from East Village Times has been amazing. Brady Phelps and the guys are donating one of the prototype hats. Yeah. I mean, I Dave, you and I are so lucky. There are so many cool things coming in that um, it's it's hard to keep track of it all. And, and that's great. Fuck yep. it. We'll figure it out. Absolutely. I don't care if we got to go through the box that night. And we're like, hey, let's see what this is. What are you paying for it? Uh, We will not turn down anything. We are raising money for suicide awareness. Yellow Ribbon will be there. Che from AFSP uh, will be there. Um, The Ronald McDonald House will have representatives there. Bob McElroy will be there from the Alpha Project. John Van Zanti from Rancho Coastal Humane Society and his team will be there. And then we will be sending money to Charity Water yeah. in New York who love us, and uh, we love them back. So thank you to everybody who's been a part of it. I told you we were going to get you cool things, 
and one of those cool things is those shirts are going to be available. There so go. I'm going to go broke at my own event. Yeah, no, I was thinking the same thing. Right? Thinking the same How thing. How much can we get if we sell sugar? <laughs> We're not selling my Sugar, dog. you're... <laughs> She's gone. She already left. Oh, she stinks the yeah. fuck out of this room and then leaves. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's pretty yeah. much... Right. I don't know well, that I'm going to give you one, one F. Mary kill before we oh, get out of here. Oh, I like this. Right, I'm going way old school on this one. Okay. Olivia Newton-John. Mm-hmm. Linda Carter, Angie Dickinson. Oh, that's great! So easy for me. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna kill Olivia Newton-John. Okay. Yeah. Now walking, talking two by four. You've been here forty years, sweetie. Kill the axe. She's almost okay? seventy. Is yeah, she I looked really? It up. I looked it up today. And now this one's just a coin toss. I'm gonna marry Angie Dickinson. I'm gonna bang uh, Linda Carter. <laughs> I love Angie Dickinson. Boy, I'll tell you something right there, Dave. That Angie Dickinson, man, oh, man, she's a fine piece of machinery. I'll tell you what I got her. I want my have a little walk around the block with her. Yeah, you can't even walk around the block. What the fuck? <laughs> and other than the sock, what's the last thing you fucked? <laughs> other than yourself with that last comment, huh? You little fucking noodle. That's why I got to cover the Rams this year instead of the Chargers because I know I'm going to run it at McGuire. I'm going to go, Jesus. <laughs> Dave, what's with Jeff? That's, that's exactly what he was saying to what me. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't that? sound like that. I sound like Jeffrey Osborne. I sound like Jeffrey Osborne. Every time the girls in the office, they're like, you are a spitting image of Keith Sweat. <laughs> I'm not Keith Sweat, Johnny Gill. Please, give me a break, that guy. I never liked him. The thing is, he did like you a lot. Yeah. And McGuire did like you a lot. Coach used to like me. Yes. That's the funniest thing when I went back and listened to it yesterday. Was oh, going, no. You go, why the fuck would he ever talk to me again? I'm like, you've known him 30 years. You yeah. know, and I was, wants nothing to do with the embed. And you laugh. As you said, Randy is licking the cheese off his suit because he can't afford the dry cleaner. Randy's dog. Randy's dog. Not Randy. Not Randy. Sorry, you Randy. pervert. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, So that's it. Everything is locked in. We're doing good. We're moving forward. Um, The shirts. Dave, when will the shirts be done? Shirts will be ready to go. We'll be ready to go by, uh, by August the 1st. We'll have them with yeah. us. So, um. I think there's, we're going to have basically 90, right? Yes. We'll have basically 90 that will be available and 20 bucks each. And that'll be, my math right, another 1800 in? Yes. Shit, man. We're going to blow right by Pretty 10 good. grand. Yes, we will. We're going to blow right by 10 grand. And that's, uh, it's all due to you guys. It was funny. I talked to Trotter for a long time tonight. And hopefully Jim will be there. I'm trying to think of other people. That will be there. We're just we're just kind of filling in spots and and inviting friends that have been a part of it. And then I know we'll come down and bid on silent auction items. Um, by the way, let's let's wrap this way. Canapa, can we shoot for Canapa for next week? Yeah, I'm ready to get him. Let's go. Okay, because he said he's ready to go. Okay, cool. So we'll uh we're gonna shoot for. for we gotta get him. We gotta get Kaplan too. Everyone keeps asking about Kaplan. I know Scott said he'd be willing to do it any time as well. Is that right? Yes. Oh, that'd be great. You know, it'd be great to have him. Um, and if he needs either one of us to to go, yeah, 
Shit, man, we'll do that in a minute. Do a trade-off. Boy, has he got some impressive shit going on. He's really done. Like, there are people that do, like, I like Steve's podcast because yeah. you never really hear the guests. It's just Steve talking. <laughs> but I like Steve, who, who said today, called me on my bullshit and said, you drive 27 hours with him. And I go, I would. Yeah. I drive with him anywhere. The fucking guy kills me. I, yesterday, I said on the show, I'd never go anywhere with the woods. And he immediately was like, yeah, you would. And I was like, of course I would. <laughs> go in a minute. He knows that. Fucking guy lays me out. He's great. I said to Steve, me and Woods traveling cross country would be a, a perfect documentary for the Vice Channel. <laughs> because I think what he and I would do if we travel cross country is we'd be like, let's go in that fucking... We'd find the worst strip club, yeah. the worst dive bar... We'd probably get the shit beat out of us a lot. <laughs> and then we just keep driving tomorrow and go yeah. see like the worst restaurant. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. yeah That's fuck funny, so. Yeah, he knew. Fucker. He knew I'd drive cross country with him. But um but what I like about Kaplan's podcast, what Scott has done, Scott's taken what all of us have done and he raised the bar a little bit by going and getting really fascinating people that have incredible stories to tell and we said earlier scott knows the science to talk radio how to conduct an interview he's curious yes yes so uh i'd love to have kaplan down here yeah, yeah well let's let's get that one figured out okay we will we'll get we'll get it knocked out and again i am uh, still trying to get paul abdul still working on that one where's that uh, stand i can't sit there and promise you anything i'm working on it well, okay let's see this um let's see if uh and I never heard back from Nicole Eggert. So, unfortunately, I don't know that we'll see her on August. What the she's, hell? She's had a lot going on. Yeah. Why don't you hit her up? Hit her up on social media. Invite her down for okay. August 1st. Have you have you already asked her? I told her that we have a spot okay. for her. If she'd like to come and whoever she wants to bring, she's Got welcome. It. Perfect. Because I told her, I said, with everything going on, because people are just dicks to her. Yeah. I said, come on down, man. People love you in this group. Um. All right. Uh, who... Somebody sent me somebody funny today. Oh, they said get Shally Zamarodi at the. She's not. She's coming. not coming on. We went into their goddamn uh, studio. She didn't even say hello to us. She's the only yeah. one that say hi. Yeah, and just finally, what I thought was really cool today. You know, we talked yesterday about expanding this show in the community. And we said, you know what? Yeah, let's put a flatbed together, the audience, and go in. And your son Josh stepped right up and said, you know what? I'll drive that fucking truck. I don't know how to drive a flatbed. And Josh said, I'll drive it. And I go, God damn, man. That's what I'm talking about. Guy who stepped right up in the community and gets it done. So big attaboy to Josh Pellet, who will be the guy driving the flatbed. There you go. Ready to go. Wearing it with his... Uh, 51 days, 51 weeks to train. What's the uh, what's the update with you and your mom driving cross country and your matching... I haven't talked to her about it. I'm going to have to do hats. it. I don't have a choice. I got to do it. How can I say no? What am I going to do? Say no? I got to do it. Just what will be the breakdown between conversation and the ability to just listen to music? Because no have, music. I guarantee the radio barely comes on. You're going to have Nielsen playing. Everybody's talking at me. <laughs> I don't hear a word this day in. That's what you're going to be playing. The Midnight is, Cowboys soundtrack. This is. <laughs> you and no. Ratso Rizzo. I, don't even, I don't know. What's the horse shit movie, by the way? One of the worst shit. movies of all time. Shit. Let me tell you, there's so many goddamn bad movies that people say are classics. That was a shit movie. That look movie's at, horseshit. The Graduate's horseshit. Yeah, look at how great John Voight was yeah. in Ray Donovan. Yeah. That's when he's... And you know where else he was great in? In an underrated movie? He's fucking great in Runaway Train, although I yeah. haven't seen that movie in 35 years. He was years. great in The Champ. 
<laughs> I don't shake your head. That movie I was cried just... like a baby. Uh, of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's how it's going to go with my mother and I, unfortunately. We're going to talk 99.9% of the time for 27 hours straight. Yeah. And anytime I give an opinion, she's going to tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> she completely doesn't see the, way, the world the way I see the world. And we're gonna, she's going to tell me I'm wrong. Or she's going to say, we're going to talk about something that happened to my childhood. And she's going to say, I don't remember it that way. And then it's going to turn into a fight. And then I'm not going to want to talk to her. And she's going to keep talking. Yeah. And I'm going to keep my mouth shut for about two states. And then two she's, states? And then she's going to try and bring up the topic somewhere else. My mom doesn't like to apologize. But then she'll say, I'm sorry, somewhere in there. And then we're going to start all over again. Then I'm going to say something else that bothered me growing up. And then she's going to say, I don't remember it that way. And then I can't wait crying to get to say Crying or no crying? How much will oh, she no cry, cry on the trip? Oh, she doesn't cry. My mom doesn't cry. That's my good. mom's tough. I don't think my mom cried at my dad's funeral. It, yeah, my, the only time I ever seen my mother cry was when her parents died. Yeah, your mom. That was it. Uh, is your sister coming out for August 1st? No, my sister will not be coming out. Oh, really? Yeah. All right, well, sorry. <laughs> I'm glad I went back for her 20th anniversary, her 20th uh, high school reunion, but fuck. <laughs> invite her out to one thing. She can't go. Whatever. No, she will not be coming out. Uh, so that's basically it i'm just trying to think if i missed anything else i'm trying oh uh shout out to our pal jesse agler really cool pod i love the podcast that Agler's doing too agler i i'm such a fan of his and pretty cool today sitting down with ron fowler yeah pretty cool did you hear that one no i didn't hear it yet. good shit man good agler gets it and just it's just good he's he's another guy Underrated and and thank you to Kevin AC, who sent me the funniest uh, private message on Twitter, uh, just between me and him, That's and I cool. appreciate it very much. So just thank you to those two guys, and a big fuck you to Mike Pomeranz, who forgot <laughs> you and me ever since we went to yeah. podcast. Pon- yeah. Do you ever hear out of Do you ever hear out of fucking Sweeney? No. Two guys. If you can't do anything for me, then hey, we don't. You don't need to be in my yeah, life. I didn't. I didn't run the Sweeney says uh, Twitter account. I don't know why I'm being punished for it. Mud reaches out. I don't yes. hear shit from Morcillo, even no. though I promoted him as the best yeah. free agent this fucking town had seen. I'll tell you what. I'll bring Mark Neely back here in a minute. Watch your fucking step, Morcillo. Watch it. <laughs> All right. We'll be back on Sunday. Good night. Times are strange Here I come but I ain't the same Mama, I'm coming home Times gone by, it seems to be You could have been a better friend to me Mama, I'm coming home You took me in and you drove me out, yeah me hypnotize you lost and found and turned around by the fire in your eyes you made me cry you told me lies but i can't stand to say goodbye mama i'm coming home i could be right i could be wrong it hurts so bad it's been so long Mama, I'm 
Every day